0: What's up, everybody? Welcome back to Nevermate Varsity. My name is Colby. You can find me on Twitter at Colby Complains.
1: Hello. My name is Check my bio, and you can find me on Twitter at D underscore River underscore O. I am intentionally plugging my burner just so you can see my bio.
2: <laughs> I'm not having a meltdown over sports this weekend, but otherwise, I'm Maverick. You can find me on social media at Heartbreak underscore underscore Kit. Sounds like a luxury.
3: It's me I didn't talk into the mic for that, I apologize It's me, <laughs> a stressed Browns fan And you can find me on Twitter At Aaron P. Friedman
2: No delay though this time Let's... You're getting better on that
3: Yeah, I planned that one in advance I just forgot to say anything into the mic We're all learning we're This is only there. our, you know, 100 and whatever
1: episode. <laughs> <laughs> Let's go ahead and jump into it So we can
0: get Aaron to the Browns game Let's go Carolina football first. So, Carolina loses to Appalachian State 34-31. to uh, Again, me, Mav, Aaron were there. David was watching at home. Um, let's talk about game stuff first, and then we'll get into the rest. Um, David, what did you see slash hear on TV?
1: Um... Our O-line was not great. Um, Demetrius Taylor, I think is his name, was just absolutely eating all night. I think he had two sacks, a fumble, uh, a strip sack, a fumble recovery, fumble touchdown, and an interception all in one game. Uh, And he's a D-lineman. So to say that things went really well up front was not that's not true um sam howell um kind of had his moments where he looked like a freshman which is you know what is okay he is he is is, and it's okay he had bad mistakes that he'll learn from um you know he had fumbles he's having an issue where he's having a hard time hanging on to the ball sometimes but um for his first what i think it was he threw he threw two interceptions right Yes, His first two interceptions to come in the fourth game of the season, it's like I can't really complain a ton. I just really, really, really wish it hadn't come against App. You know, like – and we. I'm going to dive into how I feel about it later. But on TV, it looks like App was just out speeding us. Like they looked more polished. And they looked like they were just moving like a, a pace faster than everybody on the field. Um, and it cost us. So.
0: Uh, Aaron, how about you?
3: I do agree, David. The app did seem like they were faster, but also in the fourth quarter, I don't know. That we talked about this a bit in our group chat, but in the fourth quarter, I think it did become clear that we were a lot better conditioned than them. There were a couple we points should. in the fourth quarter where there were guys on their team who were hunched over or had their hands on their knees between plays. Like, you could tell that they were running out of gas. Well,
1: on, on top of that, every time we would have a chunk play, there would be a very mysterious injury yes. that would stop mo- all all sense of forward movement. They would only get hurt on defense. I almost said the word, Colby, but I didn't just for you because I love you. I almost said the M word. Oh, no. <laughs> I know which word. Capital M. <laughs> Capital um, M.
3: But that goes into what I was talking about last night in our group chat. I think that one of the big problems with this team is they emphasize the fourth quarter so much that now we just don't pay as much attention to the other three quarters. And it's great that we've been amazing in the fourth quarter, especially compared to how we've been the last two, two and a half years. But it doesn't matter how good you are in the fourth quarter if you're laying 21 points every first half. Yeah.
2: Maverick uh echoing david's sentiment uh, not only was the thing where app just looked ahead on the line it was just our offensive line was just it's subpar all, it's also depleted I mean, it started out with it's the announcement of charlie heck being out due to injury so that's so we had a complete line of underclassmen on the line but missing tackles uh, missing their blocks and assignments and so it was kind of that in that domino to Sam, in that Sam couldn't get through his full progressions without being fully pressured, caused him to hurry, and so to not make good plays.
0: From what I, I mean, it's, I think this is very similar to the Wake Forest game, and we just we can't give up three plus scores in the first half and be a little stagnant, or more than a little stagnant on offense, and expect to win. That's just, it's not winning football. We can't wait until the second half for the defense to wake up and the fourth quarter for the offense to get going. You're just not going to win football games that way. Nope. I think that the defense, we need to get, like, those robotic tackling dummies that, like, run around that you can, like, get remote control (laughs) and move them around just to get, like getting uh, practice time hitting a moving target because, good lord. Tackling's bad, man. We can't tackle.
2: so And it's yeah. really
1: frustrating. It
2: is. Because we'll man, make that the plays. Pro- that's been a problem for many years now. It's not like this has been a, yeah. something that's reared its head. But, I mean, like yeah. they're in position. Like, they're in the position to make the plays. I, I really
1: don't think it's a Jay Bateman problem. I really ju- It's just a focus and just lack of attention to detail problem.
0: But, um, I mean, so there were times the offense looked really good. Uh, Special teams up until the last play um, did decently. It's just we can't keep putting ourselves in in the position to have to come from behind every game, every game minus the Miami game. So that's where I am as far as the game. (laughs) I'm trying to think if there's anything else to say. Do y'all want to go ahead and talk about Clemson next week now?
2: Well, big thing first is, I mean, I I think you really, when you bullet down to, there's really two critical moments, I would say, ultimately in the game. The first one being the strip sack that that led to Appalachian State's touchdown off of that. And the other one was the missed PI call, I will say, um, in the end zone that, Where the ensuing play was an interception back to app. I think if one or two, one or the other, those don't happen, we win the game. Because if we don't get the strip sack, then they don't score, we're up four. If they don't get the interception, they don't score on that drive, we're up four. Yep, two
0: um, turnovers leading to 14 points is not good. And so. Our defense, since I, the defense does well when they don't have, when they have a lot of field to work with. When you don't give them a lot of field to work with, then I've noticed that they struggled. But um, I mean, that's to be expected. You can, if you, you start drives at the 40 or whatever, it's going to be easier to score. That's just common sense. Do y'all have anything else about this game?
3: I think that an overarching trend that we've seen the past three weeks after the first game really is that our play calling from, uh, Longo, I forget his first name, Phil, Phil Phil Longo has been leaving a lot to be desired. And I think that part of it is what we previously talked about with his notoriously small playbook where it's all the same, like what 30 plays, with minor variations And That's only a problem that's going to get harder As teams get more film on us uh,
0: Yes And that's something I'm going to talk about In my rant is probably not going to sound very ranty Because I'm not in a bad mood anymore <laughs> <laughs> But um,
1: I agree I Yeah I I haven't been a huge fan of Phil Longo the, the past four games Like I feel like Sam Howell's doing well. I don't think the scheme of the game is, is quite working. And, you know, I don't know who to put blame on because at some point we're going to have to start using the entire game. Like being – what am I trying to say? Being motivated the entire game. Like it's so crazy that we've had such a, a ridiculous point differential in the fourth quarter. I think it's something like like 30-something points. Um, in the fourth quarter, like we are outscoring teams by 30 in the fourth quarter, but we're like minus 28 in the second, minus seven in the first and like minus 14 in the third. Like that's not a recipe for success in any way, shape or form. It's
2: it's starting to get really, really ridiculous. I just want us to be able to bottle up the passion and, and the tenacity that we have in the fourth quarter And spread it out over the other three. Yeah, wouldn't that be nice? (laughs) Yep. So... Because, like, at times where we, we almost like to be down going into the fourth quarter so that we can make it a comeback. But if we were up 20, it's like we wouldn't be motivated, weirdly enough.
0: So, next week we have Clemson. Uh, We opened as huge dogs right now, according to ESPN, whatever Vegas casino they're using. We are um, plus 25 and a half. Uh, And that line, I'm sure, is going to move. Uh, I don't think any of us are expecting a win. As far as me, I would like us to not get too hurt.
1: Yeah. There's no point in... In... uh... I don't know. It's t- it's tough to say that. And I know that they're not going to do it because, you know, there's always a puncher's chance and, you know, no f- football player ever wants to just give up a game before it's even started. But at the same time, it's like, be realistic. Like, we just lost to App State. You're not going to beat Clemson. Just rest your guys. Don't get any more hurt than we already are. Let's go into, you know, who are we playing after Clemson? Georgia Tech. Let's go to Georgia Tech. Um, semi-healthy, as healthy as we can be right now.
3: Any given Saturday. Yeah. I would like to
1: believe that, but this team has not put any of that confidence in me.
0: Any given Saturday, but, you know, come
3: on. Yeah. You <laughs> just don't think this Saturday is that Saturday? No. It is not this Saturday.
2: And ultimately, this might be a better segue into what we're about to get into, but, again, the the more frustrating part, now we are... 0 and two, in the in-state battles. Uh, that's o that's gonna teams. be part of my rant, that I give. So, that, like I said, that's probably leading into the overall conversation that we're about to have.
0: Oh yeah, let's just do it because I. So here's when I, after the game, like I talked to like the app students that were like around me, and we were like, I was like, yeah, good game, whatever. I said, you can look at my Twitter, it's whatever. Um. And then I got on, I got in my car and I was listening to the Tar Heel Sports Network. And they said, App sneaks away with the win in Chapel Hill. And I was like, okay, this is the first thing that's bothering me. Nothing about that game suggests that App State snuck anything. Nah. Everyone I heard talking about this game going into this week was like, App State's been holding back their playbook. They had all this stuff saved up. Did y'all see anything special that App State did on offense? Nope.
1: They came in and took it from us. They they hit us in the mouth.
2: They ran bubble screens like I think Larry Fedora wanted to or envisioned. <laughs> so that bothered me. It was like,
0: why we know if you live in North Carolina, you know what App State is. Yes. They are probably the best... FBS program in the state. Arguably the best, the best football program in the state. The only team I'll put next to them is AT. That's the best football programs in the state. Like, they're good. Everyone on this team knows that they're good. They didn't sneak anything. Okay. That ran over. I'll David, I'll let you talk about in state games, but Go ahead. I am I am f- frustrated i the second thing that got me frustrated was when i got on twitter and i saw from a unc fan account because i don't follow a lot of those but i was walking into the podcast twitter and it said just remember mac brown's first year at carolina back in whatever year we went oh, we went one in ten that year and i was like is is that the line like, is, is that what you're expecting right now? Because that's, that is concerning. If, as a fan base, you're going to be okay with that kind of sucking, that's, that bothers me. So I don't, I don't think we – I was not expecting Mac Brown or any coach to come in here and make us a top-10 team in one year. That's not going to happen. But I am going to expect us to look like a competent football team, and there are vast stretches of time we do not look competent. And I don't think that's on tally. I don't think that's about Mac Brown not having his players and We just don't look good. And that's a problem. So uh, if we take that and we're saying, okay, well, Mac Brown's going to retire and the program's going to be in a better place in five years. So would you all agree that football programs thrive on consistency as far as coaching staff, right?
2: I say the collegiate arena as a whole, you look at basketball – it's the same 10 or so teams that are always in that picture. Same goes as football. I mean, I think that it very much dominates the collegiate scene where usually historically, like the historically good teams are always going to be good. So if we want
0: consistency out of this program, whenever Mac Brown retires, i ideally you'll want to hire a coach internally, right? Right. Do you want any of these coaches as our head football coach? Because I'm not convinced on Jay Bateman yet. I sure as hell do not want Phil Longo to oh, do No, next no, 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 no. No. So if we're saying, okay, um, Michael Co. hi, if you're listening to this, saying we're gonna back up the Brinks truck for Satterfield in five years. Okay, so we're gonna give him all this money, and then he's gonna fire this entire staff and bring in his own guys. Like <laughs> there's, there's that's I feel I would rather be two and two or one and three and oh and four with a new coach who is going to be with this program for a long time and in five years not knowing what we're going to look like?
2: I do think there's still a chance. I don't because I mean, yes, they have this is their first year with the team, but I don't think their net their jobs are necessarily safe at the same time, because I mean, I still believe it's somewhat of a no nonsense thing. I'm, I'm sure Mac has this in mind that, you know, he's not he's not going to be doing this Five at least for more than five years down the road, and so he really needs to find someone that takes the helm, and probably they want to hire someone internally. So, I mean, I'd, I wouldn't put it past firing one of the coordinators, even in the first season. I don't think it is, may not happen, but I wouldn't say that it couldn't happen. I,
0: that would make me a lot – I would, I would be a lot more okay if it wasn't – if that happened, but I don't see any signs of that happening. I can, oh, I can no, That's that's the biggest part of my rant. So, David, you
1: can. Take yeah, it. I mean, like I can understand the frustration and I know like it feels. I don't know. There is optimism. I just understand the feeling that this was a move to appease donors slash ramps club slash old fans like old alums to kind of gain favor back with the program. And, you know, whether you believe that or not, it's kind of worked considering like the numbers that have been in each game. But from a production standpoint, I mean, this is where this is where my issue lies. You as Mac Brown cannot hang your hat and preach your tenure on winning the in-state battle, quote unquote, and then lose your first two games to Wake and to App State. Giving
0: App State their yeah, first okay, win. David, let me, one, one thing. I don't care how good Wake Forest and Appalachian State are. I don't. I don't care how good they are. They are Wake Forest and Appalachian State. Like, right. everyone in this state knows that North Carolina and Duke and State, maybe not Duke, North Carolina and State should be beating Duke, Wake Forest, App State, ECU every damn time. I agree. That's my point. <laughs> That's
1: the frustration because it's like you are a flagship program. You're one of the biggest named colleges in the entire country i don't understand why we are having this issue like i can say that wake is a good team i can say that app is a great team but we are north carolina like this should not be happening there we should be better than what we are right now and the fact that you lose your first two games to in-state opponents is egregious if he if he goes zero and two against duke and nc state there's going to be a lot of questions being asked and I understand that these are not like I know that Kobe, you're not a believer in this. It's like, oh, Mac Brown's guys, like not his guys. Like, you know, these are these are fedoras guys and whatever. One what of Mac Brown's guys decommitted to this, right? So. Right. So, I, and you know, you can argue that's the cows come home, but at the same time, you got to win with what you got. And there is talent on this team. Would you all not agree? Yeah, I would agree. Yeah. There is there, talent. Always- you got the likes of Deami Brown and Daz Newsome and Bo Corrales, and you got people on defense like. Uh, it, like like Jason Strobridge and, and these guys like we have the talent we have the big names we have the talent we're just not doing anything with it and then to go out and loo- you win against Miami and South Carolina which awesome great wins but if you don't, if you lose the in state battles you're gonna lose the fans again. And I'm going to be like as stupid as it is, like when you got to go to work and you got to hear that crap talking from everybody else who's fans. That are, you know, I went to a party after our game and I got Duke fans talking trash to me that don't care about Duke football. But I realize that UNC just lost to App State, their first power five win since 2007 against Michigan. And I'm not knocking App State. They're a well coached team. They're a great team. They got great players and they're a quality program and they're going to make a lot of noise going forward because they're a good program. But there is no reason. That app state should look that much better than us at home in this in this day and age. And I, maybe that's too much to ask. I don't. I don't know. And I t- I said that I thought that qualifying for a bowl would be a great season for us. If, if we qualify for a bowl and went one in one-and-one with uh, Duke and NC State, that'd be a great season. But that was contingent on the fact that we went at least one-and-one against Wake and App State. We went 0-and-2 against them. So now I feel like you got to win Duke and NC State both to have any semblance of, like, reasonable success this season because that's what matters. That is what Mac Brown has chosen to hang his hat on is in-state battles, winning the in-state battle in recruiting, on the field, off the field, and if that's what you're going to hang your hat on, you damn better well win. I feel like I'm a little bit more riled up than Colby.
0: <laughs> no, I feel you. I feel you. Um,
2: Mav, do you have anything? Because, I mean, I am one that definitely is on that side where um, I, I – I, not that – I mean, you can consider it an excuse. You consider it, like, not the full picture, but indeed – You know, not everyone on this team is a system player of Matt Brown's system. And again, a lot of these kids on that App State team are in-state guys that got overlooked by North Carolina and the previous coaching staff. And so while they're gone, they still see the program like this. They chip on their shoulder because they want to beat the program that overlooked them. And so like everything else in this world, I think we want change too quickly And so, unfortunately, in a lot of cases, it's just too slow for many's liking. And so it's going to take, I would say, a year or two years before we actually start reinstituting the fact that the best players in North Carolina go to North Carolina and not, oh, but if you're a three-star, we don't want you. Um, And so then you go to the ECUs of the world, the app states of the world and stuff because they get a bigger chip on their shoulder when they play us because a lot of them admit it. I don't know if you spoke to app fans while you were at the game about this, but I was hearing plenty of them. I mean, again, I heard plenty of them admit that this was their biggest game since Michigan because it's North Carolina. It is the big school of the state and, you know, this is often the, this is the benchmark to a lot of them. Despite even our past years in football that even in our mediocrity, North Carolina is still the standard. They are still the team to beat. It's just it's just so frustrating, and I tweeted this
1: out. It is so frustrating to be a North Carolina fan. You can win as many of the big games as you have. If we went out and beat Michigan, nobody would care if we lost to NC State, Duke, App State, Wake Forest in the same season. Nobody would care. You lost the in state battle. You're the flagship program. You lost to App State. You lost to Wake. And if you lose to NC State and you lose to Duke, you're going to lose – you're gonna lose a lot of the fan base, especially when that's what you're hanging your hat on for your tenure, and it's and, so frustrating.
0: Mav, I I get where you're coming from, like I really do. I really get the, I really get like the being patient part of it. But these are, I am tired of losing these games. I've we've been losing this same game for the since we got to Carolina when we lost the ECU our first year. We've been losing this game for at least six years, and I'm tired of losing this
2: game. And again, it's as a result of the previous staff turning their backs on, in a lot of ways, the in-state recruits. And again, they're going to these other teams that now they want to to show up, again, the team that beat them. And so we've only had one recruiting season where we're getting in-state players. Look at this next coming class. There is a lot of in-state talent that's coming in. And so, again, it has to take time. And, and unfortunately, that's not the answer anybody wants. But, again, we, we, we've lost all these other games. We can lose a few more if it means it's going to fix it in the, in the long term. But, again, due to some of the damage that was caused with some of the in-state recruiting, they talk about it where you know high school coaches wouldn't even talk to us anymore because of some of the bridges that Larry burned with these teams. And so it, it takes years to rebuild that trust with programs. Uh, even as big as we are and so i mean it, it's going to unfortunately take some time but i i do still trust that we can still get to that point
0: the, the real villain in all of this is the administration bungling carolina football since 2012 since whenever butch davis left yeah
1: it's been bad i mean other than that the 2015 season um i think it was it was 2015 right yeah. yeah, yeah,
2: no. Let's put the stat out there. This is we haven't beaten an in-state FBS opponent since 2015. That's uh, that make that boils that boils my blood so much. We have beaten Western Carolina twice, but they're FCS. Right. No, ugh.
1: God, it's so frustrating. But no, and, like the I last said, one, I what I, was, I, was I,
2: it? It was the state game. I like I said, I tweeted. But we yeah. did run the gauntlet that in 2015. We did beat Wake. We beat Duke. and we beat State?
1: Yeah, and it was nice. It was great. <laughs>
2: And like,
0: uh, go ahead.
1: I'm just saying. Like, I just I even tweeted it out. I said it's hard being a Carolina fan when you are getting sunned by every in-state team. It's it's not it's not sustained. Like, you can't. It, it, it would be different if we were, you know, ECU. It would be different if we were a Duke. But like, you can't be the flagship program and be this high profile and keep getting sunned by
2: every other university. It would be like if Texas got beat by Texas Tech, UTEP, um, UT Arlington. North Texas. Uh, North Texas, like, in that similar fashion. Like, I just, it's so frustrating. Again, I do understand that frustration because, trust me there, I, I hate losing to them. Again, because it's the in-state rivalries, that stuff, it's, it's just all, it's very potent in North Carolina football. And so I hate it. I've always hated it. And I do want it to change as well. Uh, Aaron,
0: do you have an out-of-state perspective?
3: I mean, I grew up an Ohio State fan, so we were a football school. But I feel like it's the same sort of thing with Ohio State basketball. Like, what do you really expect? This is second tier, just like Ohio State basketball. You have good years, but it's never the big, the big one. Like, at the end of the day, we're a basketball school. And this is what you deal with when you're talking about your school's secondary sport or in the sense of Carolina football, probably like the eighth best sport at the school. But besides the point,
1: I expect more from Carolina football. I you know, like I said, we make like, there's too much money being made. We're too high profile for us to be this bad at football.
2: Now, oh, I did forget to mention this too because I put it in our... I just wanted to ask this question. Would you feel... And I think we might have touched on it even and so, and how you implied your response by like, if we could beat Michigan and not care about the loss of... Let's say we flipped our wins and losses. We lose against South Carolina, we lose against Miami, but we trounce App State and we beat Wake. Would the feeling be different?
3: Yes. Yeah, yes. 100%. Because app and wake are games that you think we should win those games. And South Carolina and Miami feel like games that are games that you steal as opposed to games that you take care of business.
1: Also, wake and app are the better teams. I mean, honestly, I I watched part of that Miami game. They don't look particularly good. Matt, how do you feel?
2: No, I, I would actually agree with you. In a lot of ways, in that respect, because again, I think just the proximity of the matter makes it. I would say, in a if from the outside looking in, from a non-UNC person's perspective, I would say that the wins against USC and Miami actually do look better optically. To the non-to the to the just by our in-state bias yeah. that actually that does skew that a little bit
1: to the non-North Carolina resident, the non-North yes. Carolina football fan our resume looks better oh
3: not me
1: but i'm not but you know what i'm saying though right like if somebody yes. like you know if somebody outside of like the like if you don't know about north carolina football you would think oh they beat miami they beat you know south carolina two good wins you lose to wake a pretty good team not the best but still you lose one in a toss up and then you lose to app state that's a bad loss and most people get would take USC, two USC,
2: believe it or not, and Miami are historically good teams. And so we wouldn't have gotten the talk that we did on game day and on ESPN that we would have had we had lost to those two teams and just beat the in-state opponent. So, and again, it's just looking at it from different perspectives. From the outside looking in, winning the two in-state games would have just been meh. But from an outside looking in perspective, winning those first two, I think, still gives us a lot better optic look. Because, again, no one was – covering the fact that we lost these last two games, really. I just,
1: I personally think, and you can tell me I'm wrong, and I'm sure that there's other losses that you can think of that are, are worse, but I think this is one of the worst losses in UNC history.
0: No, ECU last year
2: was worse. Well, no, ECU think, freshman year was. That was I
1: realize day. that that's bad, but from an optics perspective and from a just like a general feeling, I feel worse now that I did after losing to
2: ECU, yeah, I ultimately don't, don't feel that it was the worst loss. Mainly because it, I, it would have been different if we were out out of reach. If it was more than a one score game, I might have felt that way. Because like how ECU was, where not only were we a better team, but also the fact that they beat us by multiple scores. Whereas this one, we had a chance to tie the game, and we just didn't. Our kickoff blocked.
3: I think this one, I'm more upset. About us losing to App, that I am to us losing to a non power five team.
1: At no, the end it's, of the day. it's totally one, it's 100% because it's App.
3: Like, I don't feel the doom and gloom about our program that I would expect to feel after losing to a group of five team. Because I think that at the end of the day, App's a solid football team. It's not like what I would expect to feel if we lost to. FAU. Now, if we
0: need to move on, but I, I will end with saying, Oh wow. I totally lost my train of thought. It's gone. Let's just move on. <laughs> uh, <laughs> let's talk about the NFL. Uh, Antonio Brown's done playing football. He says. Bye.
3: He's done playing for the NFL. He's going to be the, the first XFL, XFL MVP.
0: Yeah, after a um we'll call it a rough
3: week. After uh, an indefinite stay with the Patriots.
0: Yes. By Duke standards an indefinite stay with the Patriots. Uh he's gone after um threatening his uh one of his uh sexual abuse accusers. So
1: No nah, that's a lot of yikes in in one week.
3: Just Being in that situation itself is a yikes, but how are you so dumb as to threaten them from your personal phone number while you just got signed by a team who you know is notorious for giving guys incredibly short leases, leashes?
1: Yeah. The longest leash I've seen is with the, you know, this Josh Gordon thing.
3: Yeah. Like, do we not remember Jonas gray who had like a 40 point fantasy week and then showed up late to a practice and never played another game for any team ever.
0: <laughs> yeah. So
3: just don't he's be dumb. G-
1: it's very dumb. He's not a, not a smart person. And people were like, Oh yeah. AB is a mastermind. Like he, he got, his, <laughs> he's got his, playing he got his, 5d chess. He's playing 5d chess. He got his way out of, out of Oakland. He meant to do this. Like, no, he's just an idiot. Like, I'm glad that we're done talking about it. I don't like talking about trash human beings. Agreed. So let's move on.
0: Uh, the Browns are playing right now. They are about to have their first nap. So let's go in the order in which they played Maverick. Uh, uh, uh. Oh
2: man, <laughs> Things were looking well, so we, good. Like It's almost become a holiday, but we faced the Jacksonville Jaguars on Thursday night football this season. And we absolutely crapped the bed. Yeah. And so <laughs> yeah. the score was 20-7. to 7. The game was extremely boring. I'm glad I was at work and didn't get to watch any of it. Uh, Marcus Mario got sacked nine, nine, nine times. And then not to mention Gardner Mishu at his come-out game. The man, us. the myth, the legend. The man that like does stretches with his jock strap. And so, just utterly flat. Our offensive line was terrible. Was Offense was stagnant. We're 0-2 now in the AFC South, which is one of the weakest conferences in the National Football League. And, yeah, it, things have quickly turned into a nightmare for the Titans, and I honestly don't know what else to say. It's not, not good right now. It's not good. No. It's not. And I'm sorry, friend. Uh, Let's talk. It's kind of like with a pyro that fell on the field. That's what (laughs) the state of Titans football is. And we're sorry. We got pyro bands. So sorry for people (laughs) who like pyro. Thanks, Maverick. Can't shoot off any fire anymore.
0: Um, Let's talk about the Panthers real quick. Uh, Panthers beat the Cardinals 38 to 20, I believe.
3: 38 to... Was it 20? Yeah, it was
0: 38 to 20. 20, okay. Uh, Quick reactions. Kyle Allen played very well. Uh, He did exactly what you want your backup quarterback to do. Uh, He looked good. He made the passes that were there. He made a couple, like, straight-up NFL passes. Uh. Darryl Williams is terrible on left tackle and I feel like this is proof that Ron Rivera is trying to kill all of his quarterbacks because he kept putting Darryl Williams out there when Greg Little was doing great (laughs) he just kept putting Darryl Williams out there every other possession and it was just super frustrating but um, football's more fun when your quarterback's healthy so
1: yeah I can see Ford F-150 Twitter being like oh man Cam Newton better uh, sell his property. <laughs> it, like <laughs> Like you think I'm joking? Like there is it? Like Panther, Panthers fans can be so utterly obnoxious sometimes, and they're gonna use this. There's one good performance. You know, you got a quarter, a backup quarterback that does his job. Like, look at that. The backup quarterback actually does his job, and they're gonna say, "Boom." Kyle Allen, future, right there. Trade Cam Newton. <laughs> like, it's so stupid. I'm glad we won. I am not looking forward to the stupid takes that are about to come the rest of this week. Next up is the Texans. It's going to be a tough one. I don't think Kyle Allen's going to throw four touchdowns. Let's just keep, keep it moving.
0: Maverick, our statistical leaders this week were Kyle Allen, Christian McCaffrey, Greg Olson, and Luke Kuechly. It was quite the game. Truck Nuts Twitter is losing their damn mind. Yes. <laughs> um, They're thinking
2: the Panthers will rise
0: again. <laughs> Our team is a dog whistle. It's <laughs> <laughs> the Carolina dog whistle. <laughs> anyway, um... Did anything else happen in the NFL this week? I watched football all day and retained none of it.
1: Ravens, Chiefs was a good game. I, Lamar Jackson and um, and Pat Mahomes. Like, I feel like this season is like the changing of the guard season for quarterbacks for a lot of teams. Um,
2: no, something like 20 players under 26 currently started at quarterback this week. It was like the most of all time. Yeah. We've had 40 different starting quarterbacks in the league. This That's year.
1: crazy. So... Those two are going to be great Like that's going to be a matchup That's going to be Really really fantastic For years to come I think the AFC is really strong Um But man Like Pittsburgh man Yikes Yikes
2: Could this be Tomlin's year finally
1: I I don't know if it'll be his year But It's I think it is They're 0-3 <laughs> You You're right, there Aaron?
3: Yes
2: <laughs> <laughs> that Sounds like something didn't go though uh, no, quickly on the Ravens. I'm just so excited that I snagged Mark Ingram in like the fifth round.
1: Yeah, man, three touchdowns. That's
2: a heck of a steal. He's going to be really good. Yeah, their offensive line is good. They run, and they're ultimately they're historically a running offense. Mm-hmm. But now they have a running quarterback that can throw too.
1: The Bills are the worst three and O team I've ever seen. <laughs>
2: Are
0: they, though? They are. Josh Allen looks good. He has, like, a 90 soaking
1: QBR on the season. He has, like, three touchdowns and three interceptions.
0: He looks markedly better than last the year. The bar was
1: low, Colby. Come on.
0: Nice balance. You're smarter than this. <laughs> You're better than he this. He looks markedly better than last year. I, look, listen, you know I, I will rip Josh Allen apart any chance I can. <laughs> any chance I'll get. But he, he's looked like an actual, like, NFL quarterback this year, so.
1: Is that really the bar? <laughs> he asked. <laughs> the bar? Okay. All right. Well, he's he looks better, but it's still the worst 3 0 team I've ever seen. Um, who else? Cowboys are like sneakily also really good, but I feel like that's yeah, not going to last. Out you
0: get rid of your offensive coordinator, and Dak Prescott looks really, really good.
1: <laughs> yeah. So they're looking really good. Um, I'm still not sold on the Rams. Uh, they're playing right now, and they'll probably beat the Browns, but I'm still not sold Excuse on them. Excuse you. <laughs> Yo, I'm, don't lie to me. Like, the Browns have not looked good, dude. Come on. Excuse
3: <laughs> you. We are one and one right now. Thank you very much.
1: It does not take a, a, a drug dog to sniff out some, some – some, some, You know what? I'm not going to finish that analogy.
2: <laughs>
3: <laughs> Listen, the I am nervous for the great. game tonight. Greedy Williams and – Denzel Ward are both out, so I'm expecting our secondary to get carved up, and we by far have the worst average yards to go on third down in the league. Which and it's and a no similar no, problem to Carolina, to the Heels, where we're really good on third down, but it's because we suck on first and second down.
2: Actually, but we're not that actually on where we caps. actually are like last. But no, in not not, uh, not
3: us on third down, but I mean like with the fourth quarter, the oh, Browns don't believe in playing first and second down. Just like Carolina doesn't believe in playing the second and third quarter and I see now what you're the saying first quarter. Now. I see what you're saying now. Okay. But any given Sunday. It's a good movie.
1: <laughs> a league of their right. own.
0: Let's talk about Rudy. Carolina basketball. Sure. So I <laughs> forgot that the schedule was released last week. I straight up forgot. So we have the full UNC basketball schedule. And then after we talk about this, uh, we can talk about late night a little bit. But um, let's talk about some things that interested you. I'm not going to go game by game because that will take too long. So just the thing that caught my eye the most is the two ACC games before New Year's. We have uh, Notre Dame to start the season on November 6th and then... We're playing Virginia on either Friday, December 6th or Saturday, December 7th. If I had to guess, it's going to be December 6th because the ACC championship is going to be on for football is going to be on December 7th. But uh, we will see. But I do not like playing those two games Um, Mm -mm. so early in the season. No, those are
1: those are going to be tough. Really tough.
2: Yeah. What say you, Maverick? I mean, there are definitely going to be good barometers, I think, to start out the season. But I think UNCW could be potentially a trap game if things look really shaky during Notre Dame. <laughs> but, I mean, again, they're, it's definitely going to challenge them pretty quickly. And I think in the long game, I mean, I think that's pretty good that you're challenging this young team to be able to play against quality opponents. Now, one thing I started looking to is the Battle for Atlantis. Once we get into November, we dodge Texas, it appears, which is the good thing. But we were playing Elon in Alabama, potentially playing Michigan with that one. And potentially playing Gonzaga. Mm -hmm. Uh, The one I think is going to be very exciting is the Wofford game, which they're actually bringing back to Carmichael Arena. I'm Mm -hmm. very jealous of anyone who will be be able to actually go to that game.
3: I will be there, Mm -hmm. and I am very excited for that game.
2: And Ultimately, I think down the stretch for the ACC schedule, it looks like we're not in years past where it's very packed in certain areas. It looks to be relatively spread out. There's not a terribly bad stretch of games really at any point. I mean, we have a little rough.
3: I would say that the last, yeah, the last, I would say like three weeks of the season are hard. You have at Notre Dame at Louisville home for state at Syracuse home for wake and at Duke and home for Virginia, At Notre Dame At Louisville And at Duke Are all Difficult games And no game In the ACC Is a safe game But that That stretch especially I think is going to be Really hard Maybe Wake Forest Maybe that's an easy one
1: (laughs) (laughs) It's going to be tough Uh, We're we're a young team I think We're going to have Some bumps Along the way Having Cole Anthony Is going to be solid As long as he stays healthy I think have we done project? I mean, I, I mean, I think Brandon Robinson's going to make a big step this year. I think he has a lot of talent. Um, and then, obviously, we got all these grad transfers in uh, that are going to be a huge help.
2: I mean, just having that veteran leadership um, on there. We, we have the potential to have a good season. I mean, D1 experience is D1 experience. Christian Keeling put up 25 points on Clemson on a very undermanned Charleston Southern team. So, I mean, the kid knows how to play. Justin Pierce coming from William and Mary. Yes, they came from smaller schools, but D1 experience is D1 experience. Uh, it's, it's still more valuable mostly than any high school experience.
1: And then Armando, and I, I personally think Armando and Garrison will start, and we'll go back to that traditional two two big man lineup, which I think serves Roy Williams really, really well. And I feel like we can do a lot of damage with that.
3: Um, I mean, our best is the a popular?
2: Is Sorry, it a popular uh, opinion
3: that one of them comes off the bench because I feel like the consensus is that they're both going to has it is and has been that they will both start
1: is it a popular opinion that they'll be starting or I mean I think no i'll start
3: I, I, i'm saying is it a popular opinion that one of them will come off the bench because I feel like everywhere that i've seen since like March has been saying both expect both of them to start
1: yeah, because I think that Roy Williams I mean, Armando Bacot. He was a five star, right? Yes. Yeah. So you got a five star incoming. McDonald's All American. Yeah, you got an incoming McDonald's All American five star center, true center. Um, so then you can like Garrison play his natural position at the four, uh, and you have like that kind of true big man and a four, and like a, I, I, I hesitate to say Kennedy Meeks Isaiah Hicks situation, but that's kind of what it is. Like you have a really athletic four. Who's had experience at the five, and then you have a true center like Kennedy Meeks that can that can hold it down yeah. in the middle.
2: Not quite a stretch in terms of shooting, but no. with his size, will but, be a very big disturbance for other fours.
1: I mean, you remember you remember Isaiah Hicks and Kennedy Meeks; they
2: didn't have a jump shot. Like we yeah, can hey, do without no. stretch you have, force.
3: you have a four and a five who are basically two fives. Tra- traditional and big men. You don't
2: need them to have it because in Roy's system, you're not going to be shooting more than six, ten, ten feet out. And when you have these traditional big men, I mean,
1: that's what Roy is good at. Like having those two traditional big men, like having to go in that small ball lineup these past two years, that's not been in his comfort zone. And, you know, it worked out well. Um, But now you get, you know, you can have your traditional superstar point guard, you get your two big men and then you have your, you know, your, you know, twos and threes, your your wingmen um, who will be solid shooters. I don't think he yeah, needs no. that stretch four. It's nice to have a stretch four, but I think he'll be glad to have two big bodies down low uh, again not to the like I love Luke May Everyone like I love Luke May and he that stretch four position was really helpful for us, but I think that Ruay is going to enjoy going back to that traditional two-man lineup a two big man lineup.
2: yeah our strongest teams have four bigs and so we have Armando, we have Garrison, we have Sterling, and we have Huff be Huff. Not to mention the legend Walker Miller, but we'll, we'll get to <laughs> that for another
0: day. Uh, let's do all of our Maverick, what we did last year with the biggest surprise, um, who might not produce as much as we want. Let's wait until after late night for that, so we get to see him on the court a little bit. Um, cool. But let's talk about late night. Um, Maverick, are you going? I am.
2: I got a holiday, so I'm heading down Friday afternoon. And so it'll be my first late night since graduating. I'm very excited for it. And then Aaron, are you going?
3: Yeah, I am going. We have not heard The tales but I'll be there.
0: I will also be there. Uh, and hosting is going to be Heather O'Reilly and. Um,
2: oh no, Ashlyn Harris. Ashlyn
0: Harris, that's right. And Brooke Baldwin. And, um, Baldwin. Like Brooke Baldwin. I like. I like. So w- I like one of those people. <laughs> I, too, like one of those people. <laughs> Do they not remember her commencement? Uh,
3: I remember very clearly. <laughs> Anywell. Can you elaborate for those of us that were not in attendance?
0: It was a rough. It was um, not great, Bob. Leave it at that. We, we, we can talk
1: about it more after the pod.
0: <laughs> uh, and then, Aaron, you want to talk field hockey?
3: Yeah, I don't really have a whole lot to say other than that. Today we hit 30 consecutive wins, which is a program record.
2: And beat um, App, so it was just. And a day we late. beat App, yes.
3: Last we lost a lot of talent from the undefeated squad from last year, but this team is still really, really good. I mean, I think that they've They're demonstrated massing. they've demonstrated point thus far. Point. Last year, I think was one of the best defensive squads, like of all time in field hockey. Um, and this year, as good as we were defensively last year, I think we're that good on offense this year. I mean, we were putting up like five to seven goals a game. And yeah, Aaron Mattson, Ashley Hoffman was one of the greatest athletes I'd, I'd ever seen. And I think Aaron Matt, maybe the best field hockey player, uh, probably a top five all-time field hockey player. And I think Aaron Matson has the potential to be as good, if not better than, Ashley Hoffman was it
1: feels nice to be good at lots of sports
3: we're in everything school
1: well we're actually a a women's soccer school but and a field hockey school and a field I can't disrespect the field hockey like that
0: all right y'all let's get out of here so if you want to find us you can do that at tinyurl.com slash never made leave us a five-star rating and a review on itunes anything you liked or didn't like be sure to let us know via twitter at never made pod thank you to david Cutter for the music
2: we will talk to you next week